There's something about us that we're built, we've come to understand, for more. We always want something more. We have these hungers and these desires that fill us. Some of them are profoundly good, and some of them take us off the pathway of the kingdom of God. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. Last month, my grandpa passed away. After the wake and funeral, there was a day we got to go back to his house where each grandchild could take a couple things that reminded them of him and my grandma who had passed away a few years prior. I wanted to find something that would remind me of the fun family parties, the sleepovers, and the love I felt every time I walked into the house. But as I walked through the rooms, I just kept looking and searching. And then it struck me. I wasn't looking for any one particular item. I was looking for my grandma and grandpa. In many ways, our lives can be like this. We might look for love in the number of Instagram followers we have, or search for power in our job title, or seek out security in the size of our house or how much money we have. Underneath each of these things, though, there's something more that we're longing for. As the movie with Jimmy Stewart says, you can't take it with you. There is more to life than our possessions, our political parties, our status or power. Today, Father Pat McGrath points us in the direction on how to find what we are truly looking for. They just followed him. They just left everything as Mark presents it to us today and followed him. They dropped their nets, their business, their livelihood. They left their father in the boat and they followed him. There's something about the way Mark rolls out this story that when I hear it, the grizzled cynic inside of me says, it didn't happen like that. There's no way they just dropped everything right away and followed him. What could possibly have motivated them to simply leave it all behind in a moment and follow him? What was going on in their hearts and in their minds that day? Back up the story four or five minutes before Jesus walks along the beach there at the Sea of Galilee as they're doing their work. Imagine the conversation they've been having amongst themselves or the silence they've been enduring with each other. Maybe they've just had an argument. Maybe they're worried about the family business and how it's going. Maybe it's been a great day. Maybe it's been a day of great success on the sea and business looks good and everyone will eat tonight. But imagine them in those moments of the everyday. Jesus comes to them in their office, as it were. He comes to their workplace. He finds them. And he calls them simply, kind of abruptly. And they leave it. They leave it behind and follow him. Last week, we had a call story of these first followers of Jesus, but from John's gospel. Today is from Mark's gospel. We know a few things about Mark that may explain why it's laid out this way. We know that Mark doesn't waste a lot of time and wants to get right to the point 
of Jesus's mission. There's no infancy narrative in Mark's gospel. There are no stories about the birth of Jesus. He starts right in with John the Baptist and the mission of Jesus emerging out of that. Mark gets busy with the mission of Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, Mark asks, watch this, watch him. And so he rolls out with great speed the work, the teaching of Jesus. And so the call of disciples that just quickly follow him follows the pattern of sorts. But we also know that Mark presents the followers of Jesus as kind of bumbling, lost folks. They make all sorts of mistakes in Mark's gospel. They constantly misunderstand him. In in a moment that elapses between a clear teaching of Jesus, they are immediately on to a 180 degree failure to observe it. They make all sorts of stumbles along the way in trying to follow Jesus. Mark has no interest in presenting these disciples as Jesus, as some sort of other worldly figures, pristine in their faith, following him perfectly. That's not it at all. It's a much more human perspective, in part so that we can see ourselves there in them, in our own stumblings of faith, in our own misunderstandings, in our own daily failures to live up to the the call of Jesus. And so what's really going on here in this moment when these disciples, after a brief invitation from Jesus, Jesus on the move, makes them drop it all and follow him? Well, when John presents it, Last week, he adds in a question that Jesus asks those disciples as they start to follow him. What are you looking for? Ah. What are you looking for, Jesus asks those disciples. Simon and Andrew, James and John, today in those boats doing their work, having conversation, daily life unfolding, pause the scene for just a moment and ask them, but what are you really looking for? What are you longing for? There must have been something about Jesus. There must have been something about how he was and who he was to them in that moment or what he said or what they had heard of his reputation or in some desperation or fatigue of the normal routine of everyday life that they followed him. But somehow I think that he spoke deeply in some way to that core question. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? The great mystics of our tradition, the holy saints and those who had great comfort in their relationship with God and who had great closeness to God will sometimes describe it as simply this. They were looking for more. More. There's something about us that we're built, we've come to understand, for more. We always want something more. We have these hungers and these desires that fill us. Some of them are profoundly good, and some of them take us off the pathway of the kingdom of God. But there are these hungers within us, these things that we want, and we want more of it. Maybe you've had the experience of 
keeping vigil with someone you loved near the end of their life. And maybe they'd suffered greatly and death came to them as a grace, as a blessing to finally go home to God, maybe an answered prayer that their struggle would end. And yet, in that moment, what rattles inside our hearts is, I want one more day. I want them for one more moment. In the depth of who we are, we have these hungers and desires for the more. And the great saints, like Augustine, have told us that we try to fill them up, but it's only God that satisfies. The restless heart is restless. But we seek to fill it up with all the wrong things, looking for love in all the wrong places. The poets and the songwriters have told us time and time again that we keep looking in the wrong places. You too still hasn't found what they're looking for. Peggy Lee lamented, is that all there is? Dante describes the journey in the midst of his life through purgatory, wondering, what's it all about, really? We are built for this question and this desire and this more, this hunger for something more. It can't be filled up by sex or power or money or influence. It will not be ultimately cured or satisfied by any political party or political candidate. It won't be completely brought to fruition by our constitution or our democracy, as important as these things are to our life and work together. No, the hunger, the more, is him, is Jesus. That our hearts are restless, that our hunger is unfulfilled, until we recognize that what we're longing for, what drives us every day, what drives us to great acts of compassion, and sometimes what drives us to crazy, misguided, sinful directions, is ultimately this hunger for God who shapes our lives and world with meaning, who pushes the horizon back to something bigger and larger than ourselves, who invites us into the mission of the kingdom of God, recognizing that work here matters and striving to build up the common good, to be people of decency and compassion, to build up rather than to tear down, that this too is the work we've been invited to co-labor with God in in doing every day. And there's a hunger for something more underneath all of that. And we've caught a glimpse, glimpse of it. We've had a taste of it. This God that we've seen and recognized in moments in our lives, usually in retrospect. But we've been touched by tenderness and compassion. And we've come to know it means more than meets the eye. We've been bowled over by the grandeur of God's presence in all of creation. We've heard the cry of God's own voice in the hungry and the homeless. As we hear Jesus say, that's your sister. That's your brother. We've tasted it. We've seen it. We've known something of it. We've got hints of it. This, this satisfaction that only comes 
from the God who creates us and sustains us and moves us and sends us on mission. The God who tells us that if you really want to enter more deeply into friendship with me, follow him. Watch him. Be like Jesus. Give yourself away in love and small acts of kindness in a life that devotes itself to seeking the more, to sharing the more, to hungering for the more. And the mystics and the poets and the songwriters remind us again and again, don't look in the wrong places. Seek God out in living the life of Jesus. And so we've, we've come here today, we've joined together in prayer in the midst of all the burdens we feel these days from pandemic to politics, from fear and hope battling it out in our hearts every day. We've come here to be fed at this table by the very presence of the one who we hunger for. We've come here to hear those words, that poetry that speaks to the example and the truth that we proclaim, the crazy Christian proclamation that God is so crazy in love with you and me in this world that God became one of us and invited us into a deeper friendship through him. And on the shoreline that day, I suspect they saw in his eyes or they heard echo in their hearts something about that hunger they've known so much in their lives that suspicion they had about that something more that there could be, that sense of purpose, perhaps, that they were stumbling to find for themselves. They left their work and their family. They left the comfort of what they knew because he spoke to that deep, deep desire for the more. And so we've come here to hear Jesus say to us, I want to share the more with you. And here is the pathway. Love one another. Serve one another. Give yourself away. Open yourself to the wounds of the world. Go to the margins. Extend the circle of kinship. Be my presence in the world. He says it to us too. Come, follow me. What are you looking for? Time now for announcements and events. On Pentecost Sunday 2020, Old St. Patrick's articulated a shared vision for the future of our church. As we continue to live into this vision, we invite you to join us via live stream for three special evenings. The first will take place on Wednesday, January 27th at 7 p.m. and will be a reflection on radical inclusivity led by Rabbi Hava Bailey. To join us on the 27th, visit livestream.com slash oldstpats vision. The Foundation's Youth Ministry Pancake Breakfast is Sunday, January 31st. Make pancakes from your home and participate in our virtual contests and raffles via social media. For all the information about the event, please visit oldstpats.org foundations. 
We'll be holding a webinar with Old St. Mary's and Assumption Parishes titled Domestic Violence, There Is Help. The speakers will include the director of the Illinois Domestic Violence Hotline, a crisis line volunteer at Sarah's Inn, supervisory attorney for Lifespan Center for Legal Services and Advocacy, a representative of the Chicago Police Department, and family activity coordinator at the House of Good Shepherd. The webinar will take place on Tuesday, February 2nd, from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. To register, visit oldstpats.org. Please join us for a celebration of life and love for adoptive families, adoptees, birth parents, friends, and anyone whose life has been blessed by the miracle of adoption. Although we won't be able to meet after Mass for our traditional social gathering, we'll continue our traditions of a guest speaker reflection and candle lighting blessing towards the end of Mass. For those who will be with us through live stream, please have a candle ready so you may join us as we light our candles and receive the priest's blessing. Please contact us with any questions or to be placed into our adoption group database for future communication and activities. The Adoption Celebration Mass is Friday, February 14th at 8 a.m. To register, go to bit.ly slash adoptionmass2021. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the live stream Mass on Sunday, January 24, 2021, by Father Pat McGrath. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. I'm Kate Anderson. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. Thank you.